guys, I got to talk to Monica Liao. She's um, a Taiwanese Dominican uh, content creator. Um, all her stuff is in Spanish, so if you're looking her up and you don't speak Spanish, good luck. Um, <laughs> um, her stuff is um, focused on uh, Dominican activism and education. She talks about race and um, LGBTQ stuff and just all kinds of stuff. Uh, she goes by La Mente Open, which translates to the open mind. Um, so look her up, L-A-M-E-N-T-E-O-P-E-N on Instagram and TikTok. And I found the content like really unique and refreshing, at least to me, um, because, you know, the algorithms don't serve me stuff in Spanish that much. Um, but um, I want to, you know, I reached out to her. I was like, hey, we should we should talk. I feel like there's, there's a lot that we might be able to to talk through and it's true like that that conversation was super enlightening so especially if you're um uh, latino latina um you'll you'll enjoy it i, I guarantee and if you're not you're it's still it, it's it's good um so without further ado here it is i don't anyway, know I, I came across your page and it just gave me so much hope because growing up um i kind of got the impression that dr in a lot of ways which might be true has always been like behind in terms of like um social you know pro uh, progressiveness and liberalism yeah. and all that um but um yeah I, I i guess we can get started with with um just learning a little bit about your life and, and what do you do and mm -hmm. why do you do it yeah i feel like i feel like i'm in a job interview <laughs> <laughs> you are that's the, that's the first question they oh, they're like tell me about yourself um well as you could see in my video i did that like i was like what 20 when i did that so so much has changed but the basics stayed obviously the same um i was born and raised here in the capital um i, I was gonna say it definitely has a, a 20 year old hopefulness to it <laughs> yeah I, had, I was so happy back then like i had just started college and it was like that my have all my life in front of me and just like two years after it was like okay hold on let me just are you gonna edit this because mm. um, it's i don't i don't think the listeners care that much okay cool. <laughs> if they hear notification sounds okay okay, okay. Yeah. um well yeah i had so much hope back then but basically like to get to that point i was born and raised in the dr in the capital but my mom is from constanza which is like a rural area here the mountains yeah, it's like the coldest place, one of the coldest places in the country. Um, my dad is Taiwanese, so he moved here when he was about 18, and they met um, in the 90s, and basically they had me. I found out later that I was an accident. I didn't know at the mm. time. I was like, okay, well, that makes sense. <laughs> they had me, and, I, and they raised me here. Um, I grew up in a very, like, in a like polar opposites world because not just because of the culture but also um, my parents put everything into my education that's very much like the whole Asian culture kind of blending in um, everything is about your education so they did that and they put me in a rich people school basically but we weren't necessarily rich mm. so at home I was looking at all of these like places of lack if that makes sense I'm, yeah. I'm kind of translating that i don't know if that, no, no, <laughs> that I, I get it yeah yeah like my mom she wasn't raised like she wasn't taught how to take care of herself she she wasn't even taught how to like have breakfast so mm. that's how i grew up we we were i was kind of raised 
in this mentality, in this like cultural background. And then I was going to school with the kids that are basically the kids of the people that own the country. So it was so strange. And but I feel like that's what helps me understand like society better and like the like society dynamics and stuff. So I was seeing that from a very young age and also growing up here as like a non-white person is so <laughs> it's so violent like from really young you start realizing your identities and you start understanding like who you are through the lens of the world right yeah um then when i was 17 i decided to leave the country because this country is so <laughs> it's tough to live here even if you live in like a kind of middle class upper class environment it's it's tough mm. Um, so I moved out and I went to Massachusetts um, and that's where I lived for like seven years. I want to say I where, lived where, my, where in Massachusetts live Florence. So like, um, I think it's one of the biggest Dominican communities. And in it's, it, I, I, I call it, I have an uncle who lives there. Um, it's like the Detroit of the East coast. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that means. But like, sure. well, I mean, what I feel like every time I visit Lawrence, I mean, I visit there a lot. Um, I have, I have a lot of friends okay. and family that live there. Um, and also I lived in Massachusetts too. So I, I was up in Lawrence okay. a bunch of times. I lived in, uh, in Chelsea, Mass, right by Boston. Okay. Um, I feel like every time I was in Lawrence, I was I was guaranteed to hear a gunshot at some point. <laughs> yes, it's crazy. I mean, it's very similar to what you would call, like what would you would see in un barrio here mm. in the Dominican Republic. Like I've never lived in that context in the DR, but I lived over there. And I remember when I first got there, I, was, I got so depressed. I was like, no <laughs> way. I just left this exact thing to see it over here that no, was so... it's like <laughs> <Un> barrio frío <laughs> yeah it's i think it's i don't want to say it's worse cuz i don't i can't really compare but the weather doesn't help so no. and you're right about the gunshots every night i was like well i don't know if that's uh, uh what do you call that like what you do um during like the explosives in the sky oh like fireworks <laughs> yeah fireworks so sometimes they did that too so you'd be like well, it was it was it wasn't no fireworks <laughs> yeah, most maybe of the july time but not <laughs> yeah most of the time it wasn't um so yeah i moved there i lived there but i studied in Lowell. um and in Lowell, that's when i kind of started learning about diversity and putting words into feelings because i already know these things like i already knew what racism is like i've lived it my whole life um but i got to put it in like an academic context mm. academic context and be like okay so this is what i've been living and this is how i can communicate um that's when i did my little bio video um and you can kind of like i, I, I those were things that i always was interested in but I started implementing it into my work and career then. Um, and then like a few years later, when I was doing my bachelor's, we got um, a project to start like a social media page about whatever you wanted. And I was like, okay, well, I'll create this. Um, I started kind of seeing what was missing and kind of building from there because I was like okay I don't want to do what everybody's already doing not to be different but I was like I don't want to just add to what other people are doing like I want to see what we're missing in Latin America and what what year was this that was like 2019 more or less 2019 okay. 
2020. Um, it was almost before the pandemic started. So it was like, it was this weird time. Um, so I decided to focus on Spanish with my projects specifically because of that. Cause I was like, I'm learning all these words in English and learning about like racism and deconstruction and all that stuff. Um, but I can't find information in Spanish. It was so weird because there's so much information in English and there's so many terms and so many people you can read from. Um, and when I was doing my research, I was like, I can't find anything. At yeah, all. I, it's, it's so funny. Like I have a hard time. So I'm you're talking about a lot of stuff that I, I could personally relate to really directly. Like in, in a lot of ways, we've had really parallel stories. Um, mm -hmm. And like you said, like I, ha I have a hard time explaining some of these concepts to my mom. <laughs> because I'm like, you don't understand this, this, this. and it's, I have to like uh, break it down piece by piece every time I'm trying to say where in English I would have said it in one word, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, like I, I don't, I like the whole concept of like everything being um, a fruit of um, colonization. <laughs> it's like I have to yeah. like. <laughs> it's hard yeah. to explain. I mean, when you get into it, it makes sense because it's like obviously that's where it comes from, but explaining it to someone who maybe hasn't thought about it mm -hmm. ever it's so tough and i think that's what my project is based on i was like because to me it's hard to understand these things and and i studied and i went to a school and i know english so i have all of these privileges um imagine explaining it to like my mom who didn't get to finish college and doesn't know much english it's like how do i get to explain that to someone like that um, so I decided to focus on making things a little more simple mm. and making it more practical because, you know, I could sit here and be like, yeah, racism is bad and blah, 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 blah. And this is and this happens. But why does it affect like an average person? Mm. Um, so that's what I try to focus on, like the humanity side of it. I hate that word, but that's like the most the, the simplest term I can think, like mm. the humanity side of racism and how does it affect people? What can you do about that? How can you express it? Um, and it's been like a tough journey because I've, I've gotten a lot of like um, negative feedback because when you talk about those things, it's like you know, people are going to hate it because yeah. you're kind of reflecting something towards them that they don't want to how, see. How long have you been living in DR as of, like, as of recently? As of recently? Um, I had to come back, right. So I had to come back last year in 2021 because okay. I was on a student visa this whole time and I did everything I, I, I could have done to stay there. But it was, it's really tough to just Guys, get... <laughs> Horrible. Even that is hard. It's yeah. like... Especially during the pandemic, it's like, okay, how are you going to do all this? Um, so I had to come back last year in 2021, um, around February, after spending like, what, nine years over there. Um, came back last year and it was like coming into the world of activism in a more like uh, pronounced way, which it's tough activism here like i didn't even know there were activists here just like you i was like okay what <laughs> like who's doing like what's happening and, and all of that um and i found all these people through social media as well um and immediately just dived in and i've been here for like almost two years um it's interesting i don't like it <laughs> i've never <laughs> liked it i don't like it uh but now i have a better understanding as to why i don't like it and and i can like explain it better um so yeah that's kind of been my journey i've been around like during all these times i've been like 
um, preparing myself as a producer. So like learning how to produce content, how to write scripts, how to do all that. I studied film in school. Mm. So what I did is like mix what I studied with what I'm learning in order to create more stuff. Yeah, I, I could um, tell. There's definitely like a, like cool. like she knows what she's doing element to some of the content. <laughs> That's the vibe. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a real creeper. I actually got into your portfolio. I saw... <laughs> I saw like oh, that's, that's great. I was like, I wonder if he did his research. <laughs> yeah, I saw your resume. <laughs> but you know, awesome. it's I it, it's it's um it's actually really refreshing and it kind of gives me hope um uh, because um you know one of the things that I grew up feeling was that um like nobody's better at racism than a Dominican. Like Dominicans are like the kings and queens. <laughs> Damn, that's so. You know what? I'm gonna use that in therapy because I've been like navigating all like conversations. Oh, I could give you my whole spiel about Dominican racism. So here, here, here's my spiel. Um, Mm -hmm. Christopher Columbus arrived there first, so they had a head start on um on the caste system that we go by today. And um, when you think about like, uh, there's a lot of um, it's almost like death by a thousand cuts. It's like a lot of a lot of things that all add up to the reasons why. Um, the R is like the birthplace of modern Western racism. Because the original racism, the, the, the first one was like the Indian caste system, I think, right? It's like that's where it kind of, that's one of the earlier origins of it. It makes sense though, yeah. Yeah, um, but um, I mean, that's that's from what I heard. But um, the, the racism that we know today, like the racism that inspired Jim Crow and, and all that stuff that, you know, in, in our country, like was birthed in, in my motherland. <laughs> and it's like one of the few countries that shares an island with another country that's like all black people. Um, mm-hmm. And and there's like still, I mean, just recently they had that thing where it's like if you if your name was like French on your ID in DR, it was like you would get like deported and stuff. Like just real hardcore, legit racism. And I don't know a single family that hasn't been affected one way or another by it. Like my grandparents, uh, my, my grandfather's black and my grandmother is not. <laughs> and his last mm-hmm. name is Morel which is it sounds like a spanish last name but if you do any any research on the name at all it's it's french so he's obviously obviously haitian um and um and no one in my family will ever accept or or admit that you know yeah. i remember we we had like this family reunion and we were like yo let's let's um let's let's find the family seal like the crest like the shield thing and i looked up morel and i found some like french one but it wasn't spelled right but i found that's the one that spelled like how we spell it and the image was literally three heads of slaves with like a rope around their head right. <laughs> and i'm like there it is <laughs> and they were like don't print that <laughs> yeah that's so good i've never thought about that yeah and like and all like the, I mean, we think about all like derogatory terms like mulatto, right? Mulatto is like a, a no-no yeah. word, right? It comes yeah. from mule. It's like a donkey and a horse. Um, okay. Like Dominican is the most, I don't want us to call them mulattoes. It's a derogatory term, but you know what I mean. It's like, it's the most mulatto country like in in yeah. in Latin America. It's like um, the R in Brazil. Um, mm-hmm. And um, anyway, all of that adds up to reasons why um, DR is so good at racism. <laughs> yeah i mean i think i was just talking about this in therapy i was like the way you live racism here is so violent like outwardly violent and Mm -hmm. you don't necessarily realize that until you leave or you change your environment and then you come back and you're like oh my god 
no wonder I felt the way I felt like the second you step out of your house even inside the house it's like your social interactions are so much based on your identities to the like even to the smallest detail of how people call you it's like I step out of my house um, even being inside the inside the the parking lot from the outside you have these men like cat calling you and, mm. and yelling like aggressive racist stuff to you so it's like this happens it could, this could happen anywhere just by being in this environment um and it's so ingrained in like the social interactions of every day and, and it, it can get so like it's, it's so draining mm. um but people don't realize it i mean that's why you got this whole country having this whole like way of being like all of the interactions here are, are pretty violent um but people, people don't realize that and that's why they get angry when you point that out and you're like hey you got all these problems um and they're like okay they get defensive you know um it's like core yeah. to it's like core to the to the dominican identity like when you tell them it's like yeah. the, the way you've been living and the way you've been talking to people the way that we've been doing this stuff collectively is bad yeah. it's like so i've just been evil this whole yeah. time you know um yeah, yeah like um, e even like there's, there's so many i feel like in spanish there's like uh, like a thousand words to describe like skin tone it's like trigueño and yeah. indio and this and that and it's like <laughs> like there's yeah, a lot of them all, they're all ways to um, avoid saying black mm -hmm. um you know one of my friends um they're the the ones that kind of got me into an understanding the dynamics here and I was looking for the question, like, okay, is the Dominican Republic considered black? Like, do people consider themselves black over here? And obviously the answer is no, but are Dominicans black, right? And the way that they were explaining the Dominican identity and how it was built is that Dominicans consider themselves Dominicans based on the idea that they're not Haitian. Mm. And just from that you can already tell everything that makes a dominican feel like they're dominican like okay we speak spanish because in haiti they speak creole mm -hmm. um and we we're not black because they're black um and it just you can see how it dictates like every single way of people living here and how you mentioned that like your whole family dynamic like how people don't even acknowledge the blackness here it's it's everywhere you'll, you'll see that everywhere like you can see that in my comments i just like posted a video the other day about i think it was blackface and the comments is so it feels like cognitive dissonance like people are like yeah our country is full of black people but that means there's no racism here <laughs> and it's like <laughs> Let's like say there's no and racism in, a, in so like and like Mississippi. <laughs> there's a lot of black yeah, people living in Mississippi, and there's a lot of racism in Mississippi. It's crazy, <laughs> but I it, I bring it back to like how I was raised in school, and I went to like a rich people school where you get like the best education in this country. Mm. Um, the way they taught us about the origins of this country is so brainwashed. It's crazy. They're like, yeah, the um the Spanish came here. I don't even know. I, I, I think even the word colonizer didn't even have a negative connotation. It was like, yeah, the Spanish, the amazing colonizers came here and they noticed they were other people. So they helped these other people and they helped create the amazing society that we have today. And that's how we were taught about race. 
Um, but I didn't even understand the definition of race and ethnicity and all that until I was in college and I decided, okay, let me just learn this, which is crazy because by the time I was like, what, 2021? And, and like, and I was born here, you know? So it's, I don't know. It, it just makes me feel a little bit hopeless. <laughs> it's like, okay, how are we what, gonna... <laughs> How was uh, Christopher Columbus um, taught to you in DR? Like, what's the perception of, of Columbus? Um, so let me see. I remember specifically, we had to do um, presentations every year for like the Columbus Day, which I think... I think here we still got Columbus Day. Um, in the U.S., they changed it. To, uh, I think it's native. so. There's a Columbus Day in DR. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so you ignorant have, to this stuff. We have a statue like in the. In oh my god! It, it's okay. Oh, this is crazy. We still got um, uh, for like for people who don't know, we got La Zona Colonial, which is a location in the city mm-hmm. where it's still. Like, it still has the structure, like, the buildings and stuff. It's, like, really uh, historic. Like, I, I stayed there one time. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, and, and we got the statue of Columbus over there. And every year, there's a group of people that tries to go and manifest and protest um, every October 12th. Um, and every year, I mean, it's gotten more violent. But they always have cops over there to protect the statue. Um, and I think this year they had a group of basically dominican nazis go over there um dominican wait 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 wait. (laughs) dominican nazis like yeah like so describe describe a dominican nazi to me like what do they believe in (laughs) that sounds so crazy to me it's very real it's so scary i'm not even gonna say their names because these people are crazy they can come after you it's wild um but it's they they basically believe in white supremacy and they believe themselves to be of spanish descent like when they i'm so sure that when they see themselves in the mirror they see a white person it's okay it's like and these people are they're darker than me They're, they're way darker than me um but you know that's basically their whole thing that's so um, wild to me. Yeah, and they're on Twitter too, so they start harassing people. They're they're basically super. I don't want to say right wing because I'm not really sure, but they're very conservative. Mm. They're very all about like um, homophobia. Um, marriage should be between two people. We are of white descent. Like everything that makes like you know. Uh, I I men. I've never understood this concept where. Um, I, there's a lot of, I mean, in the United States, there's a, there's a divide between, um, uh, social conservatism and like fiscal conservatism. You have like progressivism, which is like, oh, we should be socialist and we should, you know, care about homeless people. <laughs> and then you have, um, liberal, um, uh, progressivism where it's, it's more like a social thing. Like gay people should be able to be, to do the gay thing. You know, like they're not necessarily the same thing. Like in Europe, there's more diversity in, in parties. So like you, you have people that are like, that might be fiscally conservative, but socially, um, uh, liberal or whatever, like, a, like a libertarian would be like an example. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, there's a clear marriage <laughs> between the fiscal conservatives of conservative and like the, the social one where it's like, what is it about being a conservative, 
you know, fiscally, economically, that also makes you a racist and, and a xenophobe and all this stuff. And it's like, you're clearly like kissing cousins, but they don't want, like the people that I know that are, that are um, like Reaganomics uh, conservatives here where they're just thinking mm-hmm. about, oh, we should, we should have small government. Um, they don't want to be associated with the, with the, with the Nazi, but it's like, dude, you guys are in the same house. <laughs> like they yeah. live with you, whether you want them to or not. It's like, call them pests but they're in there and there's something about this house that is attracting the both of you (laughs) and like um there's there you know something stinks and i i find it so wild that that a country like india that would exist but i guess it does like what what i was raised my mom was like super anti-columbus and i guess she painted like a I'm being educated right now by you because I, I was probably really ignorant to like the fact that there could be any pro um, Columbus in um, uh, uh, sentiments, you know, from from DR. But she was oh, like, yeah. like I was raised being told like Columbus is Hitler, and like my mom was like, um, you know, Columbus was the worst, and Matatolo Taino, and like there's no indigenous people because of him, and oh, I right. I, but I, even that is based. Um, sorry to interrupt you, but yeah, this yeah. is a little. Even that sentiment is kind of based on anti-blackness, the way I see it. Because the narrative is Columbus came here and he erased the native Dominicans that were in this island. Mm. If he hadn't come here, we could have good hair and fair complexion. Man. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh <laughs> my god, blackness! I swear, even like, hating Columbus can be racist. <laughs> kind of. I mean, yeah, it's sad. <laughs> this is why. This is why I got you on this on this podcast. I well, never would have heard these words. Well, that's what I was like. Cool. I was like, because what you're saying to me is a little shocking. I'm like, oh wow, your your mom is anti Columbus. I've my parents didn't teach me any of that. Mm. I was in school and I remember learning about what they, it's so funny the way they phrase things. They were like, yeah, Columbus came here. And from these three, the mix of these three races came these other racial identities. And I was like, okay, so if the indigenous people were slaves or enslaved and they had kids i was like that doesn't seem very how did that happen Mm. i'm like there's this seems pretty violent to me i'm like this sounds like you know i was like okay so that was so basically they raped their enslaved people Mm -hmm. but they didn't teach us that they were like oh yeah they created these mix of races and thanks to that we are what we are today and based on that i was like huh and, and that's how you start like hearing these narratives of, like, oh man, if Columbus hadn't come here, you know, then the, the, like we would still be hanging around looking, you know, how like more appropriate looking. Um, What's the word so, in Spanish? What's the word in Spanish you're translating from? <laughs> um, uh, it's not a word. It's just a concept, you mm. know, like the, the beauty standards, like the European beauty standards, because yep. by European beauty standards, like, Indigenous people are kind of beautiful. Mm. I say kind of, it's always evolving. Um, but it's crazy because back then, the way that they used to see like the enslaved people, um, you got the Africans and you got the indigenous people. Like they were both looked as 
um, savages, mm. but from two different perspectives yeah. based on what the Spanish people understood. You mm. know, like the indigenous people were seen as more feminine and more like fruity, I guess, from their point of view. Mm. Um, but the Africans, oh no, they're savages. They're um, they're manly. They're yeah. um, um, violent. So all of that is like a basis for how we still see people today. It's crazy. Wow. But most of it just comes from anti-blackness, if you think about it. You can kind of connect to it. Yeah, yeah, um, no, I totally see it. Man. Yeah. It's so funny, like, um, I grew up in Union City. It's right across from New York City. And it's, I think it's, it's like in the top, it's like, a, it's, a, it's always on those lists. Like the most, one of the most Hispanic cities in the country. It's like more Hispanic than like Miami or something. It's super Hispanic. Okay um and i remember i actually didn't like there was like no black people in my school there was like one black kid in class like it was really hispanic um okay. and um in unit city um there's a really what like really wide mix of types of hispanics you have the the cubans puerto ricans dominicans you know that they all kind of look the same and then you have um all the other ones and i always knew that they weren't caribbean because they looked more indigenous. It's like, oh, you could be Mexican or Ecuadorian or Salvadorian or whatever. Because yeah. clearly there's more indigenous stuff going on in your in your race makeup or whatever. Um, and like you said, it was I we were always and I'm I'm saying we because like it makes it seem like it was just all my mom, but I, I yeah. grew up I grew up in this church is like a lot of a lot of different kinds of Hispanics and you know, the pastors Dominican and whatever. But um, we were we always saw them like how you described. It's like the, the the indigenous more the more indigenous looking Hispanics were like weaker. It's like they were shorter, their hair yeah. straight, and blah blah blah, and all this stuff, and they're they're weaker. Um, mm -hmm. and it's it's like it sounds really icky just saying it out loud, but it's like that's what it was. Um, mm -hmm. and you're totally right. <laughs> this is so wild yeah, to me. Yeah. Like it's it's a little mind blowing, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I realized that pretty early on. It was like, hmm, this doesn't feel right. Because when people say that, it's in a way to make themselves feel better about their identity. Because mm. the, the DR, most people are Black, even though they don't believe they're Black, whatever. They're Black. The world sees this country as Black. Um, so when we hang on to our identity of like natives, we're trying to hang on to what makes us better if that makes sense in like the cultural society sense um but it's also it comes with this idea of like well yeah but the native dominicans they were kind of dumb because they were hanging around they were naked all the time and all these stereotypes that i don't even know if it's true like yeah <laughs> a lot of these things are so easy to fabricate like when you start doing research you start finding out that like a lot of the journals that the Spanish people had, like they could have just written down whatever they wanted. Like who knows? Yeah. Um, so it's, that's why it's important to kind of find different sources. Um, but yeah, a lot of the identity here is just kind of clinging on to whatever like makes us takes us to the next level in society. But it's sad because we'll never get there because we aren't. We're not that, you know. Um, and I think that's something that if there is no like educational programs implemented here like we'll never get out of it even though that's not like the one solution but it's just part of it um kids here don't learn about any of that like at all i don't even know if they're taught correctly like the whole historical 
history that we got. I wonder. So I, I wonder, like, what what the CRT um, debate would look like in, in DR if if it ever comes that? to that. So, um, the the critical race theory, like here, oh. yeah, in the United States, there's this whole big debate about you know what to teach little kids and. Yeah, it's. Um, I don't think people fight here over what can be. Well, that's not true. Hold on, <laughs> not about race because nobody's really like championing towards like, oh, let's teach about race, blah blah blah. Like nobody really does that over here. I think it's mostly about like um, um, LGBT stuff. Mm. So like, there's been a lot of debate about like uh, what they call what do they call that? It's like the gender theory, something like like. Oh, gender ideology. They're mm. like, yeah, do we teach? But it's like no school is truly trying to implement that. So it's like an invisible fight. It's mm-hmm. just people fighting on Twitter and, and bringing like speakers from uh, other countries to just fight. Like mm. there's really no purpose. It's it's crazy. It's, it's really weird over here. It just it really feels like the dystopia. I mean, but more so like in a more obvious way because you you get the u.s and you can see kind of like how race works over there and stuff and, and identity and stuff but over here it's like it's it looks like a circus and it feels like a circus because it is but you know <laughs> nobody's i feel like nobody's really doing anything about that at a mm. higher level <clears throat> yeah there's uh, i remember um trying to explain i i, I was doing some research on like you know what we consider nudity like what is nudity um and i remember um seeing this thing like tiktok they allow for example they allow like breastfeeding right you can see boobs and yeah. stuff and um uh just the concept of what is considered nudity that also came from some like <laughs> white supremacy mm-hmm. royalty yeah, whatever yeah. colonizing thing and it's yeah. like there's so much about you know what we consider proper what we consider a professional what we consider whatever like all all of these boundaries that we have on everything and all of it is influenced by colonization and racism and stuff and um yeah. and, and that's something that like talking to you know my cousins and family and stuff it's like every time we get into these topics they're like why is everything racism with you it's like because it is yeah. <laughs> it's everywhere it's in everything yeah, yeah, yeah. um and Stressful. and then, think about it all the time yeah and um you know, I, I actually wanted to uh, um, get into just um, briefly about, you know, do you mind sharing like what your religious background is? Like what are your, how, what does your faith yeah. look like? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I grew up Catholic. I got, I, I did everything. Like I got the baptism before I had any conscience of it. Um, my first communion, then I did my confirmation. I think I stopped there. I actually still believe in God, you know, but not in the way that I was taught. Mm. Like everything, like, oh yeah, God, like it's it's a man up there, like a white man. <laughs> of all the things, a white man up there. With a big blonde beard. <laughs> like a white beard. That's what I was taught. I, I actually kind of grew up going to church. It's weird. When I was in my mom's hometown, which is a very like my most of my religious Catholic stuff comes from my mom's side. Um, we used to go to church on Sunday. I hated it. It was just so boring. I was like, okay, like we have to, like the stories are cool, but do we have to sit here for this long and just listening? Because the preacher, the preachers here are so intense. Most of them, like they yell at you and they make this whole spectacle. That was interesting sometimes. Um, but I was 
always like drawn to the spiritual side of it. Um, and I've always believed that your relationship with spirituality and God or whatever you believe in, like it's very personal. And that's what I don't like about what I was taught growing up. I was taught to do things a very specific way. You have to um, pray this very specific way. And I'm like, first of all, that's very unfair because like not everybody's going to be able to do it like that, you know? Each person has their own stuff, you know? Like, what about people who can't speak? Like, mm -hmm. you're going to tell me that God can't hear them because they don't say it out loud? Um, so those things I always felt very icky about. I was like, okay, like if I don't pray this very specific way, I don't really think things are going to go down. Um, so I kind of grew up challenging those things. I think my mom deep down doesn't like quite believe as strongly as the other, like other members of my family, because we didn't grow up going to church when I was back in the city and going to school. We didn't grow up going to church. We went sometimes, but she didn't really seem very into it. So it was like, hmm, okay, this. And then on my dad's side, they're Buddhists, but my dad doesn't really practice Buddhism. Um, I've been to a couple of temples, but that was even more confusing because in a Buddhist temple, there really is no, like there's no mass, or at least the ones I've been to, you go and, and it's mostly meditation, which now as an adult, I can understand. But back then I was like, seven I was like okay I'm just sitting here in silence with my thoughts that's a little bit scary um but actually one of my uncles he so my dad's side they're four brothers they came here when my dad was 18 he's the oldest the youngest uh when he came here he had like a religious awakening I believe he's catholic as well Mm. um and he always tells the story of how, how like the first time he went to a church he like physically walked in and he felt this peace and he felt at home and that's how he understood his connection to that yeah um so he's kind of the reason why i still believe in some of those things because he he's my godfather as well and he always taught me stories and kind of how it reflected to my life um he's also very open like he's never been like like he he doesn't believe in the whole homophobia like because of the church stuff and that those are the things that i grew up seeing um which i saw from my mom's side like once mm. my my aunt i believe and lauren she like had this huge banner basically like super homophobic stuff like oh my gosh <laughs> at our house and i was like oh my god what's going on uh but my uncle was the total opposite of that and they were still the same religion um then he became a preacher he travels the world like preaching and like i don't know if it's converting people but mm. he like works with youth um so yeah like i kind of have that relationship with it i pray sometimes but those are things that i learned on my own that i was like okay this works for me um lately with the whole like decolonization and all that i've started learning a little bit more about other ways of spirituality like mm. some people believe in astrology i've been learning a little bit about, a little bit about that um other people believe in like uh witchcraft but not in like the movie way of witchcraft yeah, but yeah. more like spiritual sense of witchcraft and how things work and habits and stuff like that so i've been learning about those things and looking at it from a different perspective because there is some truth in those things on how you interpret it and how you use it to relate to the world so like 
I know astrology. Like, I grew up seeing, like, Walter Mercado. I don't know if you... Yep. <laughs> mucho, mucho um, amor. <laughs> yeah, that man is, like, a staple in a lot of Latinx houses. Mm-hmm. And a lot of Latinx houses are pretty religious. So yeah. I was always like, how does this make sense that we're watching this man? <laughs> like, and you kind of believe it, but also you say that that's of the devil. You know, so... I've kind I've kind of started learning about things and seeing how it works for me because I feel like in the end it's about that and how it helps you navigate everything. Um, I have a friend who's very religious, um, and but she's pretty much um, educated on the whole deconstruction stuff. So she uses the knowledge she gained as because I think she was hmm. She was in a very pretty strict religion. I don't remember what it was, um, but she uses that information to talk about the history because a lot of colonization comes from religion as well. It's crazy. I don't know the this exact connection, but a lot of the values that we have today comes from what the church allegedly said. You know? I mean, so, like some. I I always think about like um, you know how how have the streets been named in your town how have the cities been named in your country mm-hmm. like and um whenever i think about those whenever people ask me it's like why is everything racism with you it's like dude the street you live on is robert e lee boulevard like dude like that's <laughs> <laughs> like what do you think um and you know that whenever i think about that stuff um immediately um it's like it's really easy to point to like how religion has has um influenced anything um mm-hmm. so for, in my case um and this is actually part of like what got me on on this like faith deconstruction journey was like i remember learning about um i I actually remember really distinctly i think i was in like the seventh grade looking at my um american history um book and skipping all the way to the front um i wanted to see like because we actually didn't make it that far in in our class but i wanted Mm -hmm. to see like what was the chapters about the 80s like what 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 does the what does the book say about the 80s in, in american history and and i saw that part of that chapter was talking about all of like this wave of dominicans moving into the united states and i found it so interesting i'm like oh this is cool and i did some research into it basically it's like um something happened with balaguer i don't know what happened but something happened like a law changed where it made Mm -hmm. it easier for dominicans to to immigrate and that's why Mm -hmm. there's no like fourth generation dominicans well there are now because everybody's generation alpha or whatever but like at the time like I was part of a wave of Dominicans that came to this country. Um, and so I remember, like, I would talk to Puerto Ricans, and for obvious reasons, they have lots of, like, you know, um, Americanized or Amer- third, fourth generation grandparents, great-grandparents living in the United States. But that's not the case in, in DR. There's no, like, great-great-great-grandfather that moved to the United States from DR. Like, that's not a thing. So mm-hmm. it's like my family was just part of that wave that came in the 80s. Um and on our on our faith side, um, something was also happening in DR where the charismatic movement was kind of blowing up in the in the in the seventies into the eighties, where mm-hmm. people were leaving the Catholic Church um, into like these Protestant circles where like um, there was a little bit of like a, I don't know like there was like a, a, a like a shift was happening in the church where people were getting more like you know fainting and um, speaking in tongues and mm-hmm. getting a little louder like it wasn't it wasn't normal mass anymore. And um, these beliefs ended up um, getting my uncles kicked out of church, and then they started their own thing. Like they were, I think they were trying to be priests or whatever. And um, and they started this church. It blew up. It's uh, thousands of people all over the, all over Latin America or whatever. And 
it's like my family was just part of that wave. It's like you have the the big immigration wave, then like the charismatic to Protestant wave. And then like now a lot of people my age and also people that I know personally from, from the church, the churches that I grew up attending um, are deconstructing. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. I don't think I want to be a Christian anymore. And it's just another wave. And whenever I think about that, it's like, how much do... Um, you know, social, political, and social cultural um, movements affect the things that I believe. Um, you seem to have a really well balanced, sort of like agnostic, you know, open, la mente open <laughs> um, view <laughs> of of your faith or whatever. Um, but um, um, oh, for, for, by the way, for those listening, la mente open is is her her username on Instagram yeah. and TikTok. So um, uh, I did not grow up with that. So. Whenever I express these, like I keep using my mom as an example. I tell my mom, it's like, mom, you know, you're Christian and you you have these beliefs because you're part of this wave. And she wants to believe that her relationship with God and her relationship with religion is very personal and it's something that she experienced individually. And it's like, yeah. that could be partially true, but a lot of it is only true because of these waves. And if the waves had gone a different way, like if mm-hmm. Columbus brought um, Islam with him, then mm-hmm. you'd probably be Muslim. <laughs> Yeah. And it's like, it's impossible for her to believe that. She's like, there's no way. And I'm like, I'm sorry to tell you, but if that's what the wave was doing, that that's what you'd be doing. And um, learning to accept that is something that has been one of the biggest um, catalysts for me in, in, in this journey where it's like, I try to zoom out and think about what would this little person in this wave look like if they were part of a different one. Um, so do you feel like if... So do you feel that um, the whole understanding that society kind of imposed that onto you kind of gives you a sense of agency? Like, okay, this is how it's supposed to be. So now I get to choose if I see it from a different lens. Uh, man, that's a big question. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I've tried to... Um, as much as I can, I mean, th- this is why I need this podcast, deconstruct everything. I've tried to like essentially deconstruct anything that's been handed to me. So mm-hmm. one, one example is like, um, there's a big thing in in um, in Christian Christianity is like the purity culture, where it's like girls are supposed yeah. to be virgins and and boys are should try as best they can, but boys will be boys. And, um, you know, a, a big thing here with mega churches is like these um, these uh, purity ring ceremonies. A girl gets a ring from her dad and she'll be pure and yeah. whatever. Like that's something, that's a concept that was handed to me from, you know, from my elders or whatever. And they said, here's what the belief is. Here's what we believe. Here's why. Here, here it is. Now, now you take it and you apply it to your kids. And now I'm taking it and I'm like, I'm going to break this apart in a thousand pieces <laughs> and whatever's good from it I, I will take but the rest i don't know if i will and the willingness to do that is something that a lot of people just don't don't have um and and i don't know what i'm building when i'm when i put these pieces back together like i don't know if i want to teach my daughter i have a son and a daughter um, i'm saying daughter only because i feel like our our society is is built to to make it worse on her than it will be on him, I think. Yeah, um, <laughs> like I'm not trying to be sexist. I'm saying the world is sexist. So yeah. um, uh, I don't know if I want to teach her to, to be sex positive. It's like, dude, be a slut. Okay. Do whatever the heck you want. <laughs> you know, like I don't know if I want to teach that. Um, mm-hmm. Or maybe I do. I really don't know. I don't have to think about that yet. <laughs> like I still have a couple of years. She's two. <laughs> 
you know, I think with all that, it's a balance because I think that once we start understanding the social implications of things, we can be more realistic. Because I kind of, I see what you mean with the whole sex positivity thing. Like, it kind of involves a certain level of recklessness that not everybody has a privilege to confront. <laughs> like, I, I think it's crazy when people see those things like that. They're like, okay, well, I'm going to go out and I'm going to meet all these people. I'm going to sleep with everybody. No matter your identities, you're putting yourself at risk. <laughs> and it's like... Yeah, exactly. Not- yeah, th- there are practical reasons why these beliefs yeah. came to be. And it's like maybe getting STDs is not a fun thing. And maybe you should try to like hold back a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And- but it's same- like the, the motivation behind why to teach it, I think, is where it's flawed. It's like I want to teach yeah. her... The STDs are a thing (laughs) and to protect herself and be safe and and my son as well. Um, And also try not to get everybody pregnant because that's expensive, (laughs) you know. Um, But it's like I don't want to teach them shame either. I don't want to teach them. It's like you need to preserve yourself because the the bigger your body count, the more nasty you are. You know, that's that's, that's, you know, yeah, Yeah. that's what I'm trying to avoid teaching. And um, that's something that has been. I've had to do a lot of unlearning personally. Um, and so much of this stuff is colonization. Like it really is. And it's like you were colonized into believing these things. Like, and, yeah. um, you know, getting an understanding of like having, like as soon as you have that perspective, you're able to uh, to paint a picture that it might look in a lot of ways similar, but not with using the same colors, not using the same um, influences mm-hmm. and, and motivations. Mm-hmm. Um what what's what what um what do you what are you doing now like what's what does your life look like now mm-hmm. um i'm kind of in a period of transition now because i came back last year uh, but then i got my green card this year so mm-hmm. it's like okay i had to come back bring everything and now i'm gonna have to go back again okay um with my project specifically i'm starting a new uh chapter of it because right now as to this point i've just been doing like improvised well not quite improvised but like random videos like okay let's talk about this and let's talk about that and there hasn't been much structure um so i'm trying to design like uh what it would be like a parody of a variety show here in latin america to kind of talk about topics that i find interesting and sort of necessary but in a more entertaining way so I'm kind of designing that. Um, I don't know if you grew up watching variety shows from here. Yep. Uh, they're very, <laughs> they're very like colorful. It's yeah. very like, not in like a visual way, uh, but in general, like the way people talk and everything. So I'm kind of implementing that influence uh, in order to talk about social issues but not in a academic way like okay what is racism like okay people don't really want to see that Mm. um and just to kind of have fun with educating so i'm creating that um i did the first episode but i'm trying to make more so then i could release it later in the year um and trying to handle the whole transition back to the u.s it's tough and honestly it's kind of scary because the u.s has its ups but also like I'm, I'm going to be so honest. The whole shooting stuff, just that is so scary. <laughs> that's yeah. the one thing that I'm like, oh my God, like, are you serious? Like, that's, that's just wild to me. Um, So I'm trying to go back. I'm trying to get like a, 
steady job in what I do, so production, uh, so I can maintain my other projects. Because frankly, doing like educational, social stuff is like you get zero rewards. Like at <laughs> all, you cannot. At least in the DR. I think in the U.S. there's a little bit more opportunities because there's more openness to it. But in the DR, you just can't make money out of it. I think you lose money making that. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure that's probably the case. Yeah. Like, you know how influencers can do like promotional stuff? Um, over here, it's you can't really talk about these issues and try to get money from that because the companies are very conservative. Mm. I even I had a friend who had a couple posts scheduled and it was like a, a very famous phone company and everything was all set um but he talked a little bit about his sexuality and stuff and they were like no we want you to take them down we can't do that because our values it doesn't go with that so i think he lost the money so wow. that's basically that's basically what happens here um so i'm trying to see how i can create something more concrete with my project because for now it, it felt very like all over the place because there's no foot, like there's no um, instructions towards doing this, and I think there's still a lot of missing information that we need to have. So I'm trying to create like my own version of that to see like what comes out of it, and having fun as well. Because honestly, this is so like it's very draining to talk about these things all the time. Like I've kind of had to diminish the amount of. Um, takedowns and criticisms that I've been doing because I've done a lot. And it's been so hard <laughs> to navigate that. Because every time you criticize something very directly, you get so much backlash. And you can't make a life out of that necessarily. I mean, there's people who do that, but their environment allows it. Being in the Dominican Republic, it's like, you can't really live off of that. Because like, you don't even know if um, you're being chased. Like That could happen here. You can talk about very specific stuff. I remember when you mentioned the whole like being surprised about people still having Columbus up in a pedestal mm. over here. Like if you do or say anything remotely that kind of threatens that idea of Columbus and like whiteness and all of that, you could get like, you could get like a, what do you call that? Like a, like a target. A target on your back, basically. It's happened. I've seen it happen. And wow. it's pretty it's scary. Yeah, no, this country is like, it's crazy. That's why I'm trying to like get out already. Because <laughs> I mean, you can't make money out of this. You could make money doing other stuff, but over here it's just tough in general. That's that one thing I wanted to ask about, like now that you bring it up, um, is how do you deal with like, I, I mean, so for me, I've had a lot of uh, like anxiety tied to, to, to a lot of this for me. Like I, I literally seemed like a therapist and whatever. And the mm -hmm. past couple of years have been like really stressful for me. Like, um, especially because a lot of it is tied to, you know, my identity as like a former Christian and, um, mm -hmm. like, um, it's the whole concept. I remember when I first heard the word woke, it went before yeah. it was before it was used as like a as an insult <laughs> um i remember really feeling like like oh my gosh my my eyes have been open to something that's been right in front of me this whole time and um it's almost like if you have been blind and then you can see and it's like it's too much stimuli there's like too much going on 
it's like too many things were making me angry <laughs> it's like this everything sucks oh my gosh this sucks too and that sucks oh my god everything sucks all the time and um it's like i i missed the time when i was a little more ignorant to this stuff and and it just felt a little bit more calm or whatever um in the united states i feel like a big reason was like 2016 2015 like trump coming on the scene where it's like all of a sudden not thinking about the politics of your country could affect your life and in ways that it just kind of didn't feel real before like this sounds crazy but like um if mccain had won instead of obama i don't know if i'd care it's like i i didn't vote during that election cycle and i i really didn't care who was going to win i i preferred obama but if Obama mm-hmm. lost, I, d- I really didn't care. Um, but when Trump came on the scene, it was like, oh, my gosh, this is dangerous. <laughs> and it's like um, uh, all of a sudden, like, I had to care. And it's like this is a problem that I never had to think about before. Like, this is so annoying. Like, I don't want to think about this stuff. And mm-hmm. um, just thinking about people like who are in activism like you, it's like that just sounds so like there's a lot going on. And it's like it just sounds like a problem that is impossible to solve like how do you deal with that like emotionally like like are you suffering from anxiety like I am? <laughs> yeah um yeah what a great question um well i've always suffered from stuff like just from the um, the social stuff of growing up here is that most i feel this is just my stuff from my own experience i feel like growing up here will most likely give you some sense of anxiety or depression just because there's so much like that you can't do Mm. so like me looking at it from a social point of view like my parents come from very difficult backgrounds like my mom comes from a very poor family my dad comes from a whole other country um and from what i understand they weren't necessarily rich um so they both come from these traumatized places Mm. um mental places and then they make me and then i inherit both of those traumas Mm. um and so like my situation growing up wasn't the best it was so like emotionally and physically abusive because they come from those backgrounds right so i grew up with a lot of anxiety and depression from very early on i didn't know what to call them but i I knew. Um, then when I grew up, I was like, okay, now I can put words into these things. Um, but that's exactly why I decided, okay, let me just try to see what I can do. Um, I got into activism because I was like, okay, all these problems come from social stuff. So let me just try to handle that. But I haven't found like a perfect way to handle it because there's no workbook as to how to deal with it. Because like mm. you say, these are problems that have no solutions necessarily there's ways to handle the society situations that we have but like we don't have the answers like I don't have the answer I don't know how to deal with any of that like I'm going to therapy I will say something that helped me a lot is that I found like I've been in therapy since I was 19 Hmm. Um, and only a few therapists truly knew how to help me Um, but this year I found a therapist that has a like an anti-racism approach so like Mm. when she talks to me and when she gives me solutions we also talk about the social perspective so it's not just like oh you're dealing with depression okay let's it's like it's all in your head like yeah depression Mm. is in your head but it also comes from generational trauma and social stuff so having that 
therapist has been amazing. And I guess also having like support systems that kind of get it, um, that's another way. But it's hard because even like in personal um, interactions, you can still see how the system kind of affects how people think. And yep. even that, like if you, if you get too critical, it's like, oh my God, it's never ending. Yeah. Um, I've also had to kind of step back. Like I was very much in like in the field activism, like go to every pro- protest and like record and blah, blah, blah. Um, I had to had like a very serious talk. I think it was this year. And I was like, okay, I can't keep doing that because it's too much. Like it, it brings you down. And then how are you going to help people if you can't even help yourself? So just finding like what works for you. Some people have to believe that activism has to be very like upfront and like mm. you have to put your body into it. Mm. Um, but not everybody can do that. Like I have a chronic illness. I can't be putting myself out there like, you know, every day putting all the energy because then I'm bringing myself down and then like what good is that going to do? Um, so it's a mix, I guess, just like finding your circles and finding what works for you um and realizing that just because there's a whole social thing like I was just talking about this an hour ago like you don't have to carry all that on your shoulders like you're just one person and believing that there's this social big social problem and we can help solve it is great but it's always gonna be there like it's been there for a long time it's always gonna be there so that sense of urgency of like we have to do it now because people are dying that's true but also like how much can you really carry that it's not realistic and it's very like yeah the, the problem is hundreds of years old so it's it's not gonna yeah. solve itself with one generation yeah sure. like and I, I feel like superhero movies make you believe that like yes like i'm gonna mm. deal with this problem and it's like okay that's just not realistic at all it's also not healthy um and we don't even have the answers so it's like so what exactly is gonna make you know like it's it's a lot um but i feel like my generation is kind of getting the hang of it like we're starting to you know like go to therapy and talk about those things and seeing like that side of things so i think slowly things will start becoming a little bit more sustainable in like an emotional sense because i still don't know how to deal with racism like i'm still having situations where like people say stuff to me and i'm like I freeze because I'm like, what am like, what am I supposed to say to that? Mm. Um, so you know, it's just a matter of like dealing with it, learning how to navigate it, like using your tools, talking about it. But it's tough. I'm trying to. That's why I'm trying to cope and leaning more into the uh, humor side of my page because that's mm. always been my thing. I'm like, okay, let's deal with things with humor. Um, so I'm trying to like diminish the amount of like criticism and takedowns and be like, okay, how can I talk about this in a more like, I don't want to say positive because positive might not be the word, but lighter way. Um, Cause that's another way of doing it. Um, not everything has to be very like straight on. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this, it's like an answer, non-answer. No, no, it's, it's, <laughs> I feel like it's, it's as nuanced as it was supposed to be. I, you know, I'm, I'm I'm really I, I want to be respectful of your time and I'm I'm really glad to have had you like this conversation has really given me a lot of yeah. hope. Um and yeah, I, no, I, I, it's like I, the I'm, third time I'm, I say it in this conversation, but like um uh, one thing I will say is I do think that um 
our i don't know if you plan on having kids or if you have i don't think you have kids no <laughs> but <laughs> at I don't, all I don't all know. of these I'm, I'm taking the information i'm like hell no <laughs> well if you oh. if you do ever have kids whatever or just yeah. think about the next generation nephews or whatever yeah um the um i do have hope for the next generation in mm -hmm. that um i think within our lifetime we will see a radical change and i think about what happened between at least in the United States, between the 50s and like the 80s, like just that period of the 60s and 70s and all the activism and the summer of love and the hippies and all that stuff. Um, a lot of progress was made during that time. Um, you know, not the all the problems weren't solved, but the, yeah. there was a huge shift that happened. Um, and I think that we're, we're it's, it's happening now again, sort of like um, where... Um, you know, a, a new form of activism, a new way of thinking, a new like sort of, you know, progressive um, and liberal um, wave is sort of happening in, in this generation. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad that it's happening. Um, I don't think that by the time we come out of it, you know, that we, that the problems will necessarily be solved. I think we have another Reagan coming in our future at some point where it's, we just, just the pendulum just swings right back. Um, yeah. But I do think it is two steps forward, one step back, two steps forward. So at the end of the day, we are moving forward. And um, I mean, that's just, I, I could be wrong about it, but I, you know, the, the United States is better now than it was a hundred years ago, I think, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, so. Right. Um, it's, uh, it's like a realistic way of putting it. Cause yeah. like when, in activism, there's a lot of those conversations, like, are we really making a change? Cause like mm. whenever you, like the whole, the whole steps, um metaphor is so real because whenever you push it feels like you get pushed back like 10 steps it's like oh my god i can't believe we're still dealing with this but then like you come back and you come back with like different um maybe like a different um strategy mm. uh and and then maybe you can like keep moving forward so i i guess that's a good way of thinking about it because lately i've been like oh my god like there's no hope we're just gonna <laughs> keep doing this forever it's never it's never gonna change but that's not true like it's not it's not yeah i i really do think that um uh it's hard to see the change happening it's like trying to look at somebody grow like if you just stare at them for a full day you're not going to notice growth but if you yeah. zoom out and think about like what did they look like a year ago the, the person who's grown and um you know yeah, I I want to I want to end on a, on a positive note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I really do believe that. I really do believe that. Yeah, um, no, thank you for that perspective. Like I, right now, I think activism here has been going through like a kind of dark period. Mm. But that's just from my perspective because I I haven't been in, in it for that long. But if you talk to other activists here, like some people have been at, at it for like 20, 30 years. And they still haven't seen change. And it's like, oh my God, like, is it really going to keep going? But I, I do think, at least in a micro sense, where you can see that people take your information in and it kind of changes the way they think and it helps them, like, kind of carry themselves a little bit differently or communicate differently with other people. Like, I do see that, um, especially with teenagers that are like, oh my God, thank you. I finally understand this about myself. And it's like the biggest thing for them. Mm. And I'm like, okay, I see that. That That is cool. So I do think there's some truth to that. Yeah. Well, thank you for your time. I'm I'm so happy thank I had you. you on. And, you know, yeah. how, how can people find you? Um. 
I'm, I've been very good with that branding. It's mm. all the same and all the platforms. So it's La Mente Open, L-A-M-E-N-T-O-P-E-N. Wait, wait, wait. M-E-N-T-E-O-P-E-N. <laughs> yeah, you, you, yeah. I'll put Just, it in the in the notes. La Mente, La Mente Open, like the open mind. Listen, yeah, yeah. I was a freaking spelling bee champion. Like, <laughs> I can't believe I you your own name. <laughs> damn but yeah it's all the same in all platforms so tiktok i'm getting into youtube now mm. um so that's gonna be cool instagram patreon as well patreon is like the main way like the, the, the biggest way people can support with money because mm. i literally earn zero <laughs> for all this um so yeah and i think there's gonna be more projects coming soon so it's gonna be pretty interesting it's gonna be like a, a new period of cool. content for anyone listening, the TikTok is fire. It's especially, oh, I mean, you, you. got to speak Spanish, but if you speak Spanish, it's fire oh, yeah. and it's hilarious. You know what, though? <laughs> I get a lot of Brazilian people for some reason. Like one of my TikToks went viral in Brazil mm. for some random reason. And I get a lot of Brazilians that come to my page that they don't know Spanish. But they know learning. Spanish. They're better. They're better at like the multilingual. Really good, yeah, yeah. Well, than we are. Yeah. And they're like, I don't know Spanish, but I'm here to learn. And I'm like, wow, that's so random. And I'm glad. I'm glad you're here. Yeah, for obvious reasons, they're going through a lot of the same stuff that you know. Yeah. In a yeah, much yeah. larger scale, but they they have yeah. a lot of the same issues. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Thank you. Um, looking forward to seeing more content. Yeah, and you. and I want to have you on again. So, sure, um, I'll, sure. I'll hit you up. <laughs>